Good afternoon. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome back. And thank you very much for joining me for the next chapter of five Go to Smugglers Top. Well, we are on chapter 21. And I believe that there are only 22 chapters in the book. So we're almost at the end. So hopefully everything will turn out right tomorrow <laughs> when we read the last chapter, providing it is the last chapter. Anyway, we are on chapter what? 21. Um, and it's called A Journey Through the Hill. So thank you for joining me and let's go. So George had found the string, if you remember from yesterday, and she was going to follow that string. Um, so she wanted to know who was coming with her. I'm coming, said everyone at once, as if they would let George go alone. So down the dark tunnel they went, feeling the string and following it. Julian ran it through his fingers and the others followed behind, holding hands. It would not do for anyone to get lost. After about ten minutes, they came to the rounded cave where Sooty and George's father had been the night before. They were not there now. Of course, they were on their way down to the marsh. Um, hello, look, this is where they must have been, cried Julian, shining his torch around. A bench with tumbled rugs and an overturned lamp. And look here, scraps of paper torn into bits. Something's been happening here. Quick-witted George pieced it together in her mind. Mr Barling took them here and left them. Then he came back with some sort of proposal to father who refused it. There must have been a struggle of some sort and the lamp got broken. Oh, I do hope Father and Sooty got away all right. Julian felt gloomy. I hope to goodness they haven't gone wandering about these awful tunnels. Even Sooty doesn't know a quarter of them. I wish I knew what's happened. Somebody's coming, suddenly said Dick. Snap out the light, Ju. Julian snapped off the torch he carried. At once they were all in darkness. They crouched at the back of the cave, listening. Yes, footsteps were coming. Rather cautious footsteps. Sounds like two or three people, whispered Dick. They came nearer. Whoever was coming was plainly following the tunnel where the string was. Mr Barling, perhaps, and Block, whispered George. Come to have another talk with Father, but he's gone. A brilliant light flashed around the cave suddenly and picked out the huddled children. There was a loud exclamation of astonishment. Good heavens, who's here? What's all this? It was Mr Barling's voice. Julian stood up, blinking in the bright light. Come, t We came to look for my uncle and Sooty, he said. Where are they? Aren't they here? said Mr Barling, seeming surprised. And is that horrible brute of a dog gone? Oh, was Timmy here? cried George joyfully. Where is he? There were two other men with Mr Barling. One was Block, the other was his servant. Mr Barling put down the lantern he was carrying. 
Do you mean to say you don't know where the others are? He said uneasily. If they've gone off on their own, they'll never come back. Anne gave a little scream. It's all your fault, you horrid man! Shut up, Anne, said Julian. Mr Barling, he said, turning to the angry smuggler, I think you'd better come back with us and explain things. Mr Lenoir is now talking to the police. Oh, is he? said Mr Barling. Then I think it would be as well for us all to stay down here for a while. Yes, you too. I'll make Mr Lenoir squirm. I'll hold you all prisoners and this time you shall be bound so that you don't go wandering off like the others. Got some rope, Block? Block stepped forward with the other man. They caught hold of George first, very roughly. She screamed loudly. Timmy, Timmy, where are you? Timmy, come and help. Oh, Timmy. But no Timmy came. She was soon in a corner with her hands tied behind her. Then they turned to Julian. You're mad, Julian said to Mr Barling, who was standing nearby holding the lantern. You must be mad to do things like this. Timmy, shouted George, trying to free her hands. Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. Timmy didn't hear. He was too far away. But the dog suddenly felt uneasy. He was with George's father and Sooty at the edge of the marsh, about to lead them round the hill to safety. But he stopped and listened. He could hear nothing, of course, but Timmy knew that George was in danger. He knew that his beloved little mistress needed him. His ears did not tell him, and nor did his nose. But his heart told him George was in danger. He turned and fled back into the tunnel. He tore up the winding passages at top speed, panting. And quite suddenly, just as Julian was angrily submitting to have his hands tied tightly together, a fairy thunderbolt arrived. It was Timmy. He smelt his enemy, Mr Barling, again. He smelt Block. Grrr! Here's that awful dog again, yelled Block and leapt away from Julian. Where's your gun, Barling? But Timmy didn't worry about guns. He leapt at Mr Barling and got him on the floor. He gave him a nip in the shoulder that made him yell. Then he leapt at Block and got him down too. The other man fled. Call your dog off! Call him off or he'll kill us! cried Mr Barling, struggling up, his shoulder paining him terribly. But nobody said a word. Ha! <laughs> Let Timmy do what he liked. It wasn't long before all three of the men had gone into the dark tunnel, staggering about without a light, trying to find their way back. But they missed the string and went wandering away in the darkness, groaning and terrified. Timmy came running back, very pleased with himself. He went to George and whining with joy, he licked his little mistress from head to foot. And George, who never cried, 
was most astonished to find the tears pouring down her cheeks. But I'm glad, not sad, she said. Oh, somebody undo my hands. I can't pat Timmy. Dick undid her hands and Julian's, and then they all had a marvellous time making a fuss of Timmy. And what a fuss he made of them too. He whined and barked. He rolled over and over. He licked them and butted them all with his head. Oh, he was wild with delight. Oh, Timmy, it's lovely to have you again, said George happily. Now you can lead us to the others. I'm sure you know where father is. Timmy and Sooty. Timmy did, of course. He set off his tail wagging, George's hand on his collar and the others behind in a line, holding hands still. They had the lantern with them and two torches so they could see the way easily. But they would never have taken the right tunnels if Timmy hadn't been with them. The dog had explored them all thoroughly and his sense of smell enabled him to go the right way without mistake. Oh, he's a marvellous dog, said Anne. I think he's the best dog in the world, George. Of course he is, said George, who had always thought that ever since she had had Timmy as a puppy. Darling Tim, wasn't it wonderful when he came racing up and jumped at Block just as he was tying Julian's hands? He must have known we needed him. I suppose he's taking us to wherever your father and Sooty are, said Dick. He seems certain of the way. We're going steadily downhill. I bet we'll be at the marshes soon. When they at last came to the bottom of the hill and emerged from the tunnel in the mists, George gave a yell. Look, there's father and Sooty too. Uncle Quentin, shouted Julian, Dick and Anne. Sooty! Hi, here we are. Uncle Quentin and Sooty turned in the greatest surprise. They jumped up and went to meet the dog and the excited children. How did you get here? said George's father, giving her a hug. Did Timmy go back for you? He suddenly deserted us and fled back into the tunnel. What happened? asked Sooty eagerly, knowing that the others would have plenty of news to tell him. Heaps, said George, her face glowing. It was so nice all to be together again. Timmy too. She and Julian and Dick began to tell everything in turn. And then her father told his tale too, interrupted a little by Sooty. Oh, well, said Julian at last, I suppose we ought to be getting back or the police will be sending out bloodhounds to trace us all. <laughs> Mr Lenoir will be surprised to see us all turning up together. Oh, I wish I wasn't in pyjamas, said his uncle, drawing the rugs about him. I shall feel most peculiar walking the streets like this. Never mind, it's Awfully misty now, said George, and she shivered a little for the air was damp. Timmy, show us the way out of this place. I'm sure you know it. Timmy had never been out of the tunnel before, but he seemed to know what to do. He set off around the foot of the hill, the rest following, marvelling at the way Timmy found a dry path to follow. In the mist, it was almost impossible to see which place was safe to walk on and which was not. The treacherous marsh was all around them. 
Yes, there's the road, cried Julian suddenly as they came in sight of the roadway built over the marsh, running up the hill from the salty stretches of mud. They picked their way to it, their feet soaked with wet mud. Timmy tried to take a flying leap onto it. But somehow or other, he slipped. He fell back into the marsh, trying to find a safe foothold, but couldn't. He whined. Timmy! Oh, look, he's in the mud and he's sinking, screamed Georgia in panic. Timmy, Timmy, I'm coming. She was about to step down into the marsh to rescue Tim, but her father pulled her back roughly. Do you want to sink in too, he cried. Timmy will get out all right. But he wasn't getting out. He was sinking. Do something, do something, shouted George, struggling to get away from her father's hold. Oh, save Timmy quick. Well... Well, well, well. Hmm. <laughs> now, that is where we end today. But we're going to have to wait until tomorrow to find out if they manage to get Timmy out and how if they do. Oh, my goodness. Because Uncle Quentin will not let George go into the marsh and follow Timmy and sink with him. So, fingers crossed they get him out. But come back tomorrow to find out for sure. Okay. Anyway, until then, oh, I can't wait. Until then, stay safe. And no, we're the wrong way round. Take care and stay safe even. See, I'm just so worried about Timmy. I'm getting myself all muddled up. <laughs> right, I will see you all tomorrow. Take care and stay safe. Have a lovely day. And bye for now.